Burbank, California. It's another episode of Ken Goes Live. Tonight, what do the gin blossoms and Ewoks have in common? Andres Cabrera, and now me, your host, Ken Absock. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode four of Ken Goes Live. I am Ken Napsuck. Why am I my own announcer? Budget cuts. And quite frankly, I might have to lay off myself. That's where we are. No, not just Good People Association, the world, right? Are you hanging in there? Are you surviving? Well, come on down and hang out with us. We're going to have a fun little show, hanging out, catching up, all those fun things. Today, we are live on YouTube. This is also a podcast. And we got folks like Laserbolt, Kingsport Cow, Old Handsaw, Haskell420, and Vermont Mike in the chat. Others joining in. We got a great guest on his way to this seat over here in just a moment. I do want to uh, handle, as always, some housekeeping. We have, uh, we've got a podcast feed, and I know you've heard us say this before, but we really want to uh, let you know about it. The Good People Association Podcast Network is up and running, thanks to the fine folks at Blue Wire Podcast. All you need to do is go to your favorite podcast location, type in Good People Association, and then the main feed pops up. It's uh, the shows that you're listening to, including this one right now. Uh, the ones you watch on YouTube are there as well in audio form. And then pretty soon, we keep promising like it's an empty threat, but don't you worry. We are going to be having some podcast-only programs up on there real darn soon. Also, the afternoons with Josh Cannon Amanda has its own new feed under the Blue Wire banner, as does Casterly Talk, which came back this week. Oh my gosh, it was a lot of fun to sit down and talk about Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire, start to get ready for House of the Dragon, and of course, keep track of a book that might never be finished. If you love Game of Thrones and everything about it, not just as a TV show, but as a world, as an IP that is currently expanding rapidly, thanks to HBO Max, go on over and check out Casterly Talk. It's it's mostly me. I'll admit it's mostly me rambling into a microphone talking about this world I love, but there's several other people who are always on that show, including our guest today, but also people like Lon Harris, Rachel Cushing, Thomas Risling stops by, uh, Michelle Boyd stops by, and of course, again, our guest, Andres Cabrera. But I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I want to give Andres the 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 intro he deserves today. So that's some housekeeping stuff. Check it out. Subscribe, rate, review, tell the world, share it all. But now it's time to get to the top of the show. All right, my friends. I don't have a music cue for that yet. Can I blame budget cuts? No, just my laziness. All right. Sometimes I deal with some serious stuff here, things I want to get off my chest. Sometimes it's just what's on my mind. Lately, I've become addicted, just absolutely addicted to this thing uh, on Facebook, which I don't go on often. I don't go on Facebook often, but I've been checking the daily memories that Facebook put, puts up there. This is not a new feature course. It's something that's been around. I just ignored it. And then one day I saw a picture pop up, and I was like, oh, I remember that a couple years ago. Gosh, time flies. Ooh, let me click the memories. I never really realized that it really takes anything on that day from your entire Facebook career, if you can call it a career, and says, hey, remember this 12 years ago? And we are now in that port of, uh, point of life where uh, Facebook and all social media is now 20 years old in some areas. I think I signed up for Friendster in 2002. So we're coming up on 20 years of barfing up your life onto a little computer screen. And I, uh, I actually got to, I, I just wanted to talk about this today. I'd like to apologize. I'd like to apologize to all my uh, uh, friends, all my family members, uh, anyone who's supported me or listened to my shows over the years. I, I, I was embarrassed by some of the Facebook memories 
that I was seeing, some of the status updates, some of the picture shares. I mean, I can't change how I looked, but it's not that I should be concerned. I, I've, I've never been someone that's going to post something on there that's offensive or uh, intentionally tries to hurt others or anything that I should feel ashamed about. No, no, it, it's quite the opposite. I, I, just, I just did a lot of mundane posting. And it's interesting to see how much we put our lives on Facebook as a status update. Remember when Facebook would ask you, hey, hey, what are you feeling today, jerk? Why don't you type into this little box? And then we all do the overshares or the all, uh, hey, I'm having a sip of water. Let me post it and see what you're all going to think about it. I, I want to apologize for wasting all of your time. I, I didn't realize until uh, looking back that I just posted a lot of crap. A lot of just things that I should have kept to myself. A lot of half-cooked jokes. I like to think every once in a while I'm a witty cat, but for the most part, I'm just barfing up stupid things. And I didn't, I didn't filter myself on Facebook. I wasted all of your time and my energy. I'm in a different spot right now. Uh, I, I pull back on Twitter and Instagram and all those places, not for any great moral reason or great frustration. Ah, the world and the social media. I just, I just don't want to overshare like I do here on this show or any show. I'll leave those for shows. But comes to social media, a little mystery is kind of what I think is going to go a lot longer. There'll be less awkward memories to look back on. So that's all. Just wanted to apologize. We're going to get to our guests, but not before I sit down with my friend, Wicked. It's time for another conversation with an Ewok. Mm-mm. No, Wicket, don't get me wrong. I take your point. I take your point. Spin Doctors, Two Princes, that is probably the quintessential rock radio single, or alt-rock radio single, technically, of the mid-90s. That's the sound. That's the thing. I'm just saying, when you celebrate their entire catalog, the gin blossoms from top to bottom during that era, that post-grunge, pre-the harder stuff that came later with Creed and Nickelback, I think gin blossoms have the sound. Until I hear it from you, found out about you. Hey, Jealousy, Allison Road. You don't even speak the language, but you know the lyrics to Allison Road. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Toad the wet sprocket? No, no. Look, I, I enjoy a, a good walk on the ocean just as much as anyone else, uh, but all I want's a great song. All I want's a great song. I got nothing against Toe the Wet Sprocket. I just don't think they stand the test of time as much as someone like the Jim Blossoms. The thing with it, but the Spin Doctors, their second album, which has a great single, You Let Your Heart Go Too Fast, the second album, their first single was Cleopatra's Cat. And I don't care what Jewel tried to convince us of, scatting was not the key to rock radio success during the 90s. That's all I'm saying. I could talk about music all day. Wicket wasn't having it. I understand. I understand. You want to get into the Spin Doctors catalog, into their canon? I, I, I'll do that as well. I'm going to start Spin Doctors Center. All right, here we go. Here we go. Our guest today is uh, a longtime friend of mine, a longtime colleague. We had a uh, great time together for a short moment, co-hosting and co-producing Jedi Council over a collider with our good friend Emma Fife. You have heard him on Casterly Talk, and he is part of the First Cut uh, movie discussion team. Please welcome the wonderful Andres Cabrera. Get in here, awkwardly walk in front of the camera, yeah. and own it. 
and yeah. own it. Oh, my God. This is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Ikaika, every week, I got to tell you uh, tell you all, the, the job Ikaika does, setting up this uh, different shot, different color scheme, uh, and uh, doing it on a very short amount of time. Uh, Ikaika, go ahead and take a virtual bow, okay? I did. <laughs> he did it. He did. He did. He did. I saw all right. Um, Andres Cabrera, man. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you for having let's, me. Let's talk about uh, how this even came about, because I, I even feel I need to apologize to you. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. We're in that spot where a lot of us for most, the last year or so. Most of us haven't. Haven't seen it. Yes. You look great. Your haircut looks fierce. Oh, thank you. You look like you're in a tank with Brad Pitt, and I love it. Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> take I'll it? take it. I'm, I'm in a fury. I'm in a fury You're in right a fury now. tank. You're in a tank of fury. <laughs> yes. Um, but, man, uh, it's been a bit, but then you did this thing where you're like, Hey, I'm back in town because you've been yeah. out of town. We'll talk about that. And you're yeah. like, hey, I'd love to, love to catch up, hang out. And I was like, yeah, totally. We'll totally do it. Totally do it. Then I came back to you. I was like, okay, but how would, would you like to podcast? Would you like to be on a show? Yeah. Which I feel cheap about. I apologize. Sure. No, do I you think it. me less of a friend? No, not at all. I absolutely, this is the LA way, right? <laughs> it's where you hang out with people by inviting them on yeah. your podcast. And I feel like nowadays, Everyone has a podcast. Yeah. Even people who didn't have a podcast before quarantine now have a podcast. <laughs> Everyone started. Uh, so I feel like that's the perfect way to socialize nowadays, and that's yeah. kind of what we need, right? See, that is. We're 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 talking. We're 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 diving on into things yeah. here. And I w- I want to start with that. Uh, you are you have returned, which means yes. uh, you had left. Uh, yes. You've been out here for a few years. Out here being Los Angeles, and we'll talk about again for those who don't know where where you and I actually met. Um, and yeah, you worked with us over in Shmos. No, but you you left, right? Where'd you go? Yeah. So. T- Technically, I did leave, but also technically I didn't. Okay. Uh, I always kind of had a foot here in L.A. So I was here like, let's just say I was here for a couple gigs here and there. So I would would be out here for about a month or like Mm -hmm. three weeks. And then I would be out for three weeks and then I would go back to Arizona with my family because that's where I'm originally from. Right. uh, Spend out there for another four months. And then my brother calls me up for another gig. Got a production PA gig come out back to LA for another month, back in LA for another month. So me being like, I'm working, I'm not necessarily here to socialize. I didn't want to let anyone know I was out here. (laughs) Uh, So I wasn't necessarily calling people up like, yo, I'm back in LA. I mean, everyone's already worried about quarantine and COVID. And it's like, I'm just here to work. I'm yeah. here for like a couple weeks. I'm I'm gonna be mainly in Arizona anyway. Yeah. So I might as well just kind of keep my lips sealed until like I'm officially, officially kind of more out like here, that. out here. Uh, so yeah, I was in Arizona with my family, spent time with them, uh, and it was a uh, it was an experience, man. It was definitely an experience for sure, being out there a lot more time with them. Let's talk about going back a little bit, and I can make jokes about you're you're still a younger guy versus the gray of my beard. But you know, I know I've known you for a number of years now. Yeah. Here. Uh, I used to be a younger guy. <laughs> used to, but again, <laughs> seven years. You're, ago. <laughs> you're sitting there telling me before the show. You're like, I, I am not in the, in the best shape. No. You look like you could cut a man. No. Like, what are you doing? You look great. No, this is uh, this is quarantine. No, <laughs> quarantine, quarantine is like I didn't I didn't work out during quarantine, and I know I should. I, I started okay. it. I did. Like when I intention. when quarantine started, I was like, I'm gonna keep up my running routine, and right. then I was like. I have not run in a year and a half. Uh, I literally have not run in a year and a half. Because you're a runner. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's that's your thing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't run in a year and a half. I, I probably would gas out after a mile or two. I mean, maybe it's my only one chance to beat you is now yeah. in a foot race. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. This, well, this, but this is fascinating because, again, a lot of us, we are all trying to process this stuff. Ooh. And, yeah. and, and I, I, I always say, and I have a bit going in my stand-up back. I'm not saying it's a funny bit, but I have it going of, I don't care 
I mean, I do care where you come down on some of the things on this, but like the last year or so, we all 100% experienced this, and we're trying mm. to process it. Mm-hmm. And you saying you're not running is a kind of, it's a surprise to me, mm. um, but that's a part of your identity. How did it feel to be away from a part of your identity, and how does it feel now to, are you trying to reconnect to that part? Trying's a strong word. <laughs> uh, it, it's about, yes, I'm trying, but it's also trying to find the balance of like, energy consumption and mm. also part of it can and i know this is going to sound so cheesy to you and no. corny to you no. or maybe realistic to you uh i am not 25 anymore uh certain so. certain miles don't feel the same way they used to certain diets don't help me i used to eat just junk food and yep. then just kind of run right just run it off oh, and now yeah. i eat junk food and i can't breathe yeah <laughs> and it's like i'm not 25 anymore i just turned 30 yeah. Uh, so I'm 30 years old. I'm, I'm officially an old man. So this is definitely uh, my body is not the same as it once was. Well, yeah, no, yeah. And, that, and that's that's the science of it all. And, and yeah. uh, I've changed my diet a lot. And, and even mm. today, if we're doing this weight loss challenge around these spots mm. here, Ikaka, how many pounds are you down now? Uh, as of this morning, five. Down five pounds in one we, week. Yeah, me, Josh, and Ikaka trying yeah. up till October. And I'd already been trending down, but you have the bed. And I ate so good this morning. And then I hit 7-Eleven on the way here and had a, cheese, a slice of cheese pizza because you, you kind of got to. But um, getting back to yeah, well, and the, and the changes start to happen and yeah. and uh, you have to kind of redefine who you are. Yeah. Not the, not the big ways, but on the on the little 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 ways of even running's going to hurt you. Yeah. A little bit more. And Ooh, yes. and and you when I say left, I, I, you know, yeah, I get it. You don't you didn't uh, pack up everything and no. ride in the sunset. I was still here. Yeah. But you're someone who's been working hard in this town in various yes. jobs and positions from yes. producer development stuff to PA stuff and in, everywhere in between. Literally everywhere in between. And it's a goal. It's a passion. Talking yes. about film, making things, creating things. To go back, yes, it's the quarantine, but to go back home, which isn't mm. a bad play, uh, what what were you hoping would happen on the surface? Save money, recalibrate, and what did you actually maybe learn while you were out there? I mean, I don't know if I learned anything positive. <laughs> this is a good people show, but I'm just like, yo, negativity, I'm, I'm coming for you. Did you become uh, more negative? I, I don't know if I became more negative, but I definitely, I, I feel like a little bit more realistic in certain things when it comes to the real world and how it functions. And I've always been that way, right? I've always been a realist. Uh, But it's definitely one of those things where I've realized how exactly the world functions when it comes to, especially L.A., right? Because Mm -hmm, L.A. mm -hmm. is its own culture. It's its own vibe. It's its own world, I've always said. Even when I first moved out here, I was like, this is like a different planet. Uh, I I said it like four months in. Because it does have kind of like a elevated sense of perspective from everyone who's working in the industry who kind That's of feel like a, a tiny bit of sense of superiority <laughs> who, who don't necessarily yes. view everyone around them as their equals. Yes. Um, so yes. if you're not necessarily around them as their equals, yeah. then you're not necessarily a part of that culture right yeah. so if i'm not even necessarily around people who are doing kind of crazy cool stuff during quarantine yeah then perhaps they just were like oh yeah who's that again who's that? <laughs> so it's Vanished. kind of one of those things gone yeah that's fascinating yeah this this how the world works thing can be either it can be taken but also can be very cynical but also can be maybe freeing in a way where are mm. you at with that right now that's an interesting take it, i think you did learn something <laughs> i did but it's one of those things where 
it's just fascinating because I'm talking a lot to my mm. a lot to my brother more because my brother who lives out here has lived out here for years. Yeah, uh, he's got his own family. When I first moved out to LA, I moved in with him. Yeah, and he has he has the same perspective I do. We're yeah. both kind of made the same way in our brains. Sure, I mean we're brothers, which Makes is sense. essentially the same thing. Um, but he has that same kind of like I rather die than to give up kind of mentality, and and that's kind of my mentality too. Is like. Just, you know, make me, I'll work at freaking, I'll be a driver for four months and I'll do that. I want to dive in there on that because that's kind of what I was getting at with this movie here. First of all, yeah, you're one of the hardest working people I know. And and we'll tell tell the fun story again for those who don't know you. uh, We have a lot of Shinedown fans coming in here. It's fascinating how we met was still one of my favorite stories. You you are tremendously hard work and tremendously skilled at no matter what you do. Um, And your brother's got this, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to work. I'm out here for a reason. Whatever that reason is, um, behind the scenes, on camera, whatever it is, I, I don't know your brother's story as well as I know yours. To go back to Arizona, to go back home, smart move, probably fi- financially during what's going on in the world. Did you fear that, not, not, not what other people think, this is about you. Did you fear, man, am I giving up? Am I taking a step towards that direction? A- am I going to use this pause, this pause button pressing in a good way? Did you have any doubts when you did it? Uh, I No, I try not to. So uh, my mentality has always been... I can't dwell on the negativity. Mm-hmm. I try not to. I never try. And I, I just said I'm a realist, and I feel like there's certain things in the world that I are, don't think realism is negative. I think I it, don't think so either. I can play a – sorry to cut you off. I, I can play the grumpy guy, and I am grumpy at times, and people yeah. will tell me that. Um, but I also – like, I'm actually pretty loving if you get to know me, and, I, and, and you're in – you know, not just about people, but I don't – yeah, realism isn't negativity. No, 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 no. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's kind of where – negativity is where I never try to focus on. I never say, I could have done this, I could have done that. I always say, let me see what I can do now. Let me see what I can do going forward. I can't look at the past. Otherwise, I'm going to dwell on it, and then I'm going to get depressed, and I'm going to think on that, and I'm not going to move forward. So I always try to look towards the future. That's Jedi-like. We're Star Wars guys. Mm. That's Jedi-like. Yes. That's what Shmi was telling Anakin. Don't look back. And what brings Anakin down? Attachment, not uh, not power. He he ends up turning into a quest for power. But attachment, afraid to move forward. Whatever forward will be, for you going home, hey, I might not be able to get as much PA work. Maybe my podcast... Uh, yeah, maybe I'm not on screen as much as I thought, and you, Sabrina, and, and, and RB3 are, are killing it and do what you, you're doing. We'll yes. talk about it. But that's also, oh, you got to be okay with that to see what's next. Yes, yes. And so you live in that world. I do. And it's definitely one of those things, too, where you have to, and this has been talked about pretty much everywhere now, but you have yeah. to look at where your, your head is at and what you need at the moment. And, and sometimes what you do need at the moment is something as therapeutic as, like, family time. And, yeah. and spending time with your family and, and doing something that you may have loved, but you've forgotten you loved or you've been too busy to love. Yeah. Uh, and for me, that was basketball. Uh, basketball really. And I know I've brought this up a lot and a lot of people. I mean, no. RB3 and Sabrina specifically have, yeah. have always kind of laughed at me every time I bring it up. But I've always said it's very therapeutic to me. And I, and I mean that in a very positive way because I did see a lot of that during quarantine. And it's mainly it, it's mainly a connection with my family, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I'm in Arizona and I remember going to basketball games with my family in Arizona yeah. uh, back in the Stephen Ash days. Um, so kind of watching games with them and even going to games with them. We went yeah. to the first uh, the first game that was available uh, for the opening, the reopening, right? Because it, it was all shut down for yeah. quarantine and COVID. Uh, my dad and I went to see the Suns play um, nice. last year when, we, when they reopened again. 
So it was one of those things where doing little things like that actually helps because yeah. it, it kind of relaxes your mind a little bit and lets you remind yourself of what is good in the world and how mm. you can relax. And, and passions too, right? Because yeah. I've... I told you I have always wanted to be a sports commentator. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of reminded me of my love. I was like, I used to want to talk about this for a living rather than movies, but then yeah. I chose movies instead. So uh, that's that's fascinating. I'm in a spot where I'm rediscovering my love of talking about music and oh, launching music related shows and getting yeah. back. And I have a radio shift uh, in Pennsylvania. I do from Burbank every Saturday. It's kind of weird, but but I wouldn't have expected that because you know you're so good at talking about movies and and you RB3 and Sabrina going deep and you you have a certain kind of uh, approach that's very smart and 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 sometimes that's it's hard for, to be smart in a world that just wants no one wants to hear movie that movie is bad <laughs> and you guys are going into They're big like, issues click away yeah yeah but you you have found finding that kind of passion and and what do you, what do you actually get from Sports. This is fascinating because you and I are sports guys, and, and we yeah. we go both ways. We we can hang in that nerd world. We can hang in that sports world, and yes. and, and sometimes and I connect it. Yeah, well, it's, sa- uh, freaking it's the same. John Snow as a point guard passing the ball to Daenerys. Yeah, shooting a three pointer from the corner. <laughs> in reconnecting to this passion and reconnecting to basketball, family, and all those kind of things, uh, what are you taking from that going forward? Uh, I just feel like the the fact that I don't have to limit myself. Yeah. I don't have to realize. It, everyone tells you choose one thing, right? Otherwise, you're you're gonna fail in this city, right? I yeah. don't know if you've been told that, but I've been told that. I mean, like, I failed because I'm average at so many things at master of none things. So I get that exactly. That's what they tell you. Where <laughs> yeah. they're like, you're gonna be average pick at one. so many. Pick one. Um, but I kind of realized, like, if I have a talent at several things, mm. why not just let my passions be passions? And otherwise, why not just enjoy what I enjoy mm. and see what I can do with it in the future? There's not necessarily any detriment to me uh, going forward yeah. or, or going backwards because all it is is just giving me another reminder of a passion I used to have that is kind of rekindled and that I could bring back again. Kind of like what the Schmodown yeah. did for my Star Wars thing, too. Because it kind of did that as well. Like, I I, I, mm. like I love Star Wars, and I, I was talking about Star Wars, but then when, yeah. it, when I was told I was asked to be on the, on the Schmodown, yeah. it kind of reminded me, like, oh, I can beat almost anybody in Star Wars trivia. You can uh, hang. I, did, I can hang, yeah. You had a great run last year. I, I, I tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was so great to yeah. see you, you step forward in that as well. Now, this is, this is wonderful stuff there because uh, I think there's valuable lessons to be taken from sports. There's definitely a danger... Uh, you know, sports culture is 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 potentially problematic in a lot of Ooh, ways, and, yes. and 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 having lived to that, and coaches and everything like that. There's there's some problems, but guess what? Problems anywhere. But your yes. aspect of what can we take from that? What can we learn? What, what's the positive aspect? And it's incredible. It really yeah. is, man. When you look at and I and I went on kind of like a mini rant for this on my podcast, but when you mm-hmm. look at what 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 specifically the sport of basketball represents? Yeah, the sport of basketball represents confidence and it represents mm-hmm. not giving up and not listening to the outside noise and think yeah. about it the sport of basketball is a gamble every time you take a shot you're confident in the shot that you practice that every day in practice but you don't know if it's going in wow. it's literally taking a shot and and every time you take the shot in your head you're saying it's going in but if it goes out you have to keep taking that shot but even after you miss 5 10 15 shots you have to say i'm going to make the 16th shot I'm yeah. going to keep shooting because eventually it's going to go in. I have confidence in what I do and what I practiced, and it's going to go in. And that's what the sport of basketball is all about. It's about you know, relying on yourself, your confidence, your teammates, yeah. your passing, your playmaking to have that support and to have that system yeah. and to have that faith in yourself to say, I'm gambling, yes, but I know what I've done 
the work in order to do this. So that's why I love the mentality of that sport. Have you, I'm being serious here, have you considered speaking at a motivational conference? No. I have not. You're, 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 I don't know if I would like that, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know if I vibe with those know, guys. It's tar- I try. I, I'm not good at that, but I try to get into like some sort of cor- uh, some sort of corporate uh, speaking circuit. Yes. I had a friend who like books that stuff. It's competitive, man. I I don't think I could vibe in there. It's man. like it's competitive, and like I, I just wa- I just wanted to be George Clooney from uh, Up in the Air, where he's going around. What's in your backpack? Like. Yeah. I, you know, this is wonderful stuff because I, I love uh, you go back, you reconnect, you find these passions and in your backpack, whatever that means you, you explain. But it, it is it is it is the practice, the training, your approach. And, and that is the focus. You you know what you're you're putting into it. You know what you're capable of and the results you cannot control. Mm-hmm. And that's the Jedi thing. You yeah. got to go forward with that. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. But you know what you brought to the table and you know what you will continue to bring to the table. And it's also about going back to my basketball analogy, if I can. Mm-hmm. It's also about learning positions and learning role playing basketball. It's always about kind of realizing when you come into the NBA, what what position you're going to play. Right. Yeah. So you're going to play center. You're going to play power forward. You're going to be a shooter. You're going to be a scorer. You're going to be a defender. Some guys just defend and that's it. And some, yeah. and that's good enough. Yeah. You could be a defender. Like I'm saying, like you can bring that into a bigger metaphor and saying, I'm good enough at doing this one thing in L.A. I don't necessarily have to be in front of the camera. I can yeah. be behind the camera. I'm good at this. I'll be a defender. Or the, the position I've always catered towards is point guard, obviously, because I grew up with Nash, who yeah. I've considered to be one of the best point guards. Uh, and now with Chris Paul, who's on my team. Um, it's all about making the people around you better. It's about yeah. elevation. It's about not necessarily being good at your job, but it's about being good at finding talent and lifting up that talent. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I've always wanted to be as like a producer or a future producer yeah. or a future director, filmmaker, producer, whatever it is that I'm eventually going to jump into that I kind of want to yeah. jump into because I do kind of want to rather be behind the scenes. Uh, I want to be in front of the scenes now because I do feel like I have a younger advantage mm-hmm. uh, being a younger person, and I feel like I want to take advantage of that. Um, I will push you if you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's also in in the future, I love, 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 love discovering mm. talent and uplifting people, especially people of color, yeah. which has kind of been, you've known me. Yeah. Uh, everything I've talked, even in Schmo's days, I would From be like, yo, Logan, that's a Mexican dude out there. Yo, let's give him a shout out. Yeah, yeah. And everyone was like, what are you talking about, yeah. Ace? And I was like, yeah, yes. let's go. Yeah, so, and, and for good reason. Yeah. And, and and you were brave to uh, point it out in, a, in, a, in an era where it was a little less it, was, it It actually kind of was, kid. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, not to not, yeah. not you bring it up. No, it pat actually, yourself on the back? Yeah, no, 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 no. Not, not, not patting myself on the back. Just saying yeah. it, it definitely was a little bit like everyone was like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. Ace, like, sure. Yeah. Like, it wasn't really like a like it is now, and it's kind of funny how it is now. Well, because, we, because especially if you're in that position, uh, not your position, but, like, it, it, our position or any organization, um, the I talked about it on the last show with Matt Keen the, in, in the up top segment of just, like, the ability to grow goes into what we're talking about with this Jedi thing of, of mm. what's next and knowing that mm-hmm. you saying that or the talk of representation or diversity isn't a, a replacement factor for me. It mm. is a future. Mm. It is a change. It is a growth. And it's sometimes hard. Ego, maybe even shame, regret gets in the way of blocking. It blocks that path forward. And, and we it, you, you might hear someone like you, especially if you're an old dog like me, going, what's this guy talking about? I get, and you have. We have to 
you have to grow. You have to meet that change. You have to meet that intersection of your your progress and change and our allowing that to happen. Not that it, we're the to all the gatekeepers, but like, and it can be conflict. And yeah. I think growth, everyone's got to be ready to move forward. And it's hard to get people to move forward. Yeah. And yeah. you probably found that many times and still found it. Let's, let's, let's be clear. It's, it's still a struggle. Oh, I mean, especially, uh, I mean, especially for, for Latinos out mm-hmm. here. Uh, it, it really is something that I've talked about. I've written about. I mean, shout out yeah. to to several people who've let me write for their website, talking about Latino representation mm-hmm. in film. Uh, I've I've looked at that USC study that was a really prominent study back in I think 2018 or 2019. Right. Um, that came out talking about how three percent of the last 10 or 15 years in film. Three percent have had Latin leads mm-hmm. uh, of films. Three percent and twenty-five percent of the U.S. domestic box office is made up of Latino audiences, which, which is like, I mean, we're literally the biggest representation when it comes to yeah. paying money to go to see movies, and then the amount of times we're represented in movies is like the least, the least among the least, almost yeah. any, you know, minority yeah. representation. So it's one of those things where it's like. How is that the case when when I if you Google right now how many Latinos are in LA, it's fifty percent of the population. Yeah. Fifty percent of LA is Latin, and yeah. you're telling me we're in three percent of movies? Like that yeah. to me is like the most egregious thing I've ever heard. Uh and it's one of those things where we're literally right next to Mexico. And I've been, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, uh, grown up in this culture and Latino and all this. And and when you hear rhetorics that were coming up in 2015, 2016 yeah, yeah, sure. about Latinos in, in, in just American culture in general, and currently what's happening in the border now. It's one of those things where it does make a difference, Ken. It does yeah. make a difference when you see more Latinos on film and the fact that we don't see any Latinos on film or when we do see them on TV or film, they're they're represented in the most egregious ways possible, yeah. a.k.a. Breaking Bad, great show, but my God, the representation we get there is pretty awful. Right. Um, it is important, and I really do feel like it does change perspective. It yep. does present this pre- presentation where, well, I've seen Breaking Bad, and all the Mexicans in there are killing everyone, yeah. and it's like that's what they see. Yep. And then it, it, you're you're telling me that when I want to create something that is a different perspective or different view, you don't let me, yeah. and they don't let you. And now it, it kind of feel like it kind of feels like it's happening again, and it's like this cycle because the one what, movie what's happening again the the the, the uh, Good or bad way? In a, in a very bad way. Got I it. feel like the the way that people view Latino representation in film is just getting even worse. Because mm. now we had In the Heights, which was supposed to be this moment of like celebration, celebration of Latino. Yeah. And I took my mom out to see it. I wrote about it. I wrote about my mom's, you know, comments on the film and what yeah. it mean, what meant to her being a, a, a Latina and living in the U.S. for years and never seeing anything like this. Right. Um, and the movie bombed, like horrifically bombed. Yeah. And now it, it, people people kind of scoff at me when I say this, but it's true because I've been behind the scenes, Ken, and you've been yep. behind the scenes when you see people, executives who say, well, well, no one wants to see them Latin people. Yeah. Guess we got, can't do that again. And it's like that happens. It really does happen where executives say no one wants 100%. to see that. I've, I've been told we need a white woman. We yep. need a blonde girl for this scene. Yep. And I've been and I'm like, what are you talking about? And I've pushed back on that even if they're like triple my age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've actually pushed back on that because I even though I felt like I just felt like I was in a perspective where I could push back on that. And the one gig I did right. have back when I was working at that company. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was casting a few things and I was told like we need a, a white. And I yeah. was like, why? Why do we need a white woman? And they were like, no, we need a blonde girl. That's what people like. And I. That happens. If if you see someone white on screen, 
It's on purpose. Mm-hmm. And people take that as like, oh, no, it's normal. It's the best person. No, it's not. Right. It's on purpose. They specifically say they want a white woman on, on screen. I've seen right. it done. So it's one of those things where if you know it's changeable, if you know it can be changed, right. why not push for it? And the fact that the, the attention we do receive is like, In the Heights makes $2 million at the box office. Flop. Out. Out. Never going to see a Latin dude again. And it's like, really? And then when we get the Blue Beetle news, yeah. where it's like, Blue Beetle has finally been cast. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So excited for Blue Beetle. It's going to be on HBO Max not going to be on any right. theaters. And I'm like, I can't see this in theaters? And they're like, nope, can't see yeah. it on theaters. And I'm like, yeah, I just told you 25% of the box office right. is Latino. Well, yeah, and it's just the, the – the, it's you're giving some wonderful raw numbers, and the truth is in those stats. Yes. And a lot of times people cling to the other truths and these – and it's the old thing of, say, just in the category female directors, right? Yeah. Sometimes female directors just want the chance to make a crappy superhero movie sure. and then continue to get work. Sure. Right? Or a great one. Patty or, Jenkins. Or, well, a great one. But the point is, like, yes, and, and that's a great example. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's yeah, like – Yeah, to, to be able to fail and to try again. Yeah. And, yes. and, ha- and, and, and that's – there's an inherent pressure to I have got to yes. be this – the one – Yes. For uh, and that's not fair to a creative it's process. Not. Yeah, it's not. It, it's one of those things where, and it happens so much, Ken. And mm-hmm. I get so frustrated with it. And I and I've talked a lot about this on my podcast. Mm-hmm. How when people put forward this essence of like I'm doing, I'm trying a different cast. I'm trying a different perspective. I'm doing a, a film with Asian stars. And mm-hmm. if the movie flops, what's well, that, the narrative? Well, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? Yeah, it's because it's Asians, and yeah. it's it's literally it never is because True. quality of the film, the camera editing. The, no, it's it's yeah, because yeah. they're and it's one of those things where it's like, when is that going to change? We need to be able yeah. to say we're going to see fifty films with yeah. Asian martial artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just going to like it because one of them is going to be good because yeah. eventually it will happen. Yeah, no, it's uh, I, I I love what you're saying here because it's it's the the the. These these are big giant issues, right? Mm. And I always love breaking them down to the smaller level. Where a lot of them, uh, uh, a lot of folks, and I'm looking at myself as a, as, as a white man and, and growing up, not being challenged. And, and along the way, you don't understand some of the micro levels that you're participating in these conversations. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm no hero, but in my radio days, I try to bring in some extra female artists to a rock station. Mm. I'd be told, I already got one chick on a stool. Mm. I can't play more, and it's like that when that one that, and that one bombed. That single didn't work, and yeah. and I, I, I'm now here in this situation. But it's like that's that was my old wonderful progressive program director who didn't even see what he was saying or doing. Yeah, it's just it's just years of programming that you're trying to reprogram both with raw data data and just. I mean, human the human condition of this yeah. is egregious. This is this is this is a problem. It is. Okay, who's going to listen? And it's 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 a it's a change that happens naturally when you start to view, and, and when people all across the country mm-hmm. and the world, and if you want to get a little bit more specific, the country mm-hmm. start to view different perspectives and different point of views in a different lens. It does change perspective. That's the only reason I came out here, Ken, is because I did feel like I've seen certain movies have the power to. Uh, elevate people of different nationalities, of different cultures, of different diverse backgrounds, have the opportunity to present themselves in front of a culture of people who haven't grown up mm-hmm. with that many people of color around their community or around mm-hmm. their neighborhood. There's places in the South, there's places in the Midwest who just grew up around white people their entire lives. So mm-hmm. when they hear 
a black person talking about Black Lives Matter or an Asian person talking about representation or a Latino talking about injustice on, on the border. They scoff at it. They laugh yeah. at it. They say whatever. They say shut up instead of seeing what the perspective is. And I do feel like as cheesy as it sounds, there are certain media, films, TV, pot, whatever you want to create, creativity can bridge certain gaps not all gaps obviously but it does yeah. bridge certain gaps to say hey i've never seen it from that point of view i've never seen it from that point of view. Co- collective empathy is really hard yeah individual empathy someone in front of you uh i came from a small town and and moving to la was was eye-opening yes uh and 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 you either, again, you either change or you don't, or you yeah. you, you face the adaptation, the the, the steps forward with, with uh, enthusiasm or at least understanding. But yeah, my point being, like, say back in uh, two thousand more, just uh, gay marriage was a, an issue, right? Back remember back wow. in the day, I mean, always yeah. still, but like, and I had a certain upbringing of like, ah, well, I don't know, I don't know, and then then I come to L.A. and I actually met a gay person because in my hometown, guess what? I didn't I didn't nope. associate, and <laughs> yeah. so it's easier for me to lob a grenade. Yes. Over at gay marriage. Until you meet a person. Until I meet my, my that's buddy. That's exactly it. Yeah. And, and and it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. But I think art art is this universal thing we're all taking yeah. in, which is why I do believe, you know, it's, it's important. It is. I don't know if I'm off base on anything. As always, I would trust you to correct that's me if exactly I'm wrong. That's exactly what it is, though. No, you, yeah. you nailed it because I do feel like the best way to change perspective is to meet a person. Yep. is to learn from them face-to-face. And obviously, I, I'm, I'm not saying that this will replace that because it won't, mm-hmm. but it does. It does make a difference when you say, I've grown up in a community that is 100% just one specific way, and I've only seen it that way. Now that I've seen a different perspective, I respect it. I love it. I I, I, felt, I feel a different type of connection to it, so much to the point now that I have changed a little bit of my mind mm-hmm. of where I used to be, and I feel like that is possible a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah, I think it's possible, and I, I think you're. I think uh, you know you're courageous then, you're even more courageous now because it's also easy to say problems are solved. You know, I always make the joke of uh, you know, didn't uh, yeah, yeah, Martin Luther King, racism was solved, man, right? No. And it's so easy to move past, just to yeah. be like, and you also don't think it's a, it, it's not ancient history just because there's a black and white photo of Martin Luther King. Up on, you know, it's like, that, that, that was like eight years before I was born. Yeah. Like, we're still in this battle. We're still moving forward. And I think there's been, this last year, this great pause button pressing, as I keep kind of referring to, a lot of people would press pause and look at things going on all over the place. It wasn't just masks and viruses and, and how best we move forward. Going back to even what you were saying too is like, learn from the past, learn how to move forward, and that's that's tough. Yeah, it's a tough sell, and sometimes a movie is what will do it. Yeah, sometimes a movie, sometimes a show, but I feel like it does, uh, it does help. It really does help, and and it's specifically with certain communities that have been chastised and left aside mm. and hurt. Um, a lot of people from the Asian community faced a lot of hatred last year. Uh, obviously, Latino. Mm-hmm. You know, representation in Latino, uh, you know, bias and hatred has been rampant for years, but it specifically reached a certain height. I believe there was a study done, I forgot by who, but the the hate crimes against Latin people went up mm. significantly, I believe, like 25% um, in 2018, 2017, 2018. 
uh, there was a huge height in hate crimes against Latin communities. Mm-hmm. Um, there is that, and then obviously the Black Lives Matter movement, which yeah. w- what is still going on now, which is still so significant and so important. It, it, it's important to point those out specifically because you want to see those rise. And I and I feel like it's just such a bummer uh, when I see like movies not mm-hmm. get the chance to shine and people yeah. get the opportunity to say ah you put an Asian dude in there you see that's why you fail and it's like yep. really that's I, I just I feel like we need to step away from that yep. and give different people an opportunity which is why I try to go out my out of my way to pay money to see a movie if it does have some sort of right, right. representation which is why I went to see Snake Eyes. Uh, I was like, I'm going to go see this cool uh, mm-hmm. martial arts martial arts movie because it is different and it yeah. does have these two leads that aren't what we usually get on a martial arts movie right. when it comes to a Hollywood martial arts movie where they just say, hey, let's do all the cool karate stuff, but let's put a white guy in there, um, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I was so glad it, that I actually gave it a positive review yeah. because and a lot of people were kind of scoffing at me like, what movie did you see? And I'm just like... I saw a movie where two guys just killed it. Yeah. You know what? Andrew Koji and Henry Golding, those guys are stars. And I yeah. really feel like if you give them a chance, those guys could blow up. Yeah. Andrew Koji could be the next big star in Hollywood, and he just happens to be an Asian guy. Yeah. So It's also how you phrase and communicate it. You're, you're such a well-spoken dude, man. A well-spoken dude, like I'm the big Lebowski. But yeah. you and I know from talking Star Wars and, and celebrating Star Wars, but also knowing how you even phrase your criticism or or mm. thoughts about, hey, what could be better, have weight and power too, where you love Snake Eyes and people are like, yeah, but if, even if you were like, hey, I didn't, but how you approach it and how you break it down and how you discuss it here in the YouTube world, yeah. I think is very important and overlooked. Yeah, And a lot of people mean very well um, snark is fun, jokes yeah. are fun, but you don't know sometimes the unintended consequences. And you might still have a thought of, like, I didn't like the third act of this movie. But how you phrase it on your podcast yeah. is important to those listening. It is. And it those is. in it. And it's fun to be, you know, over the top or, you know, bombastic or it's clicks, baby, clicks. It is. It is clicks. And it still works, to be honest, Ken. It really does. Like, negativity still sells. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, sad, especially on a on an online platform, but that is what works. Yeah. Uh, not to say I'm not negative on any films. I did feel like certain films this year were not great. But but that... Uh, but that no, I, it, it still upsets me when talking about Star Wars, because I get, yeah. ah, Ken's just a positive. I'll never forget Ooh, a comment I got yeah. about Ken sees Star Wars with rose-colored glasses. And I'm like, I understand this better than almost anyone out there. Yeah. But I'm choosing the way I communicate how, because I want to lift this all up mm. for the many generations that are connect with this. And it drives me crazy. And you're right, negativity does sell. It does. This episode, listen to it's going to be uh, listened to by less than most of the people on our channel, less than any of the like, other shows. Oh, no, that's not a shot against Josh and Mark. I mean, but you know what I mean? Like, I sometimes feel like I want to sit down and have a real conversation, and people just want to stuff cake in their mouth and drink a big gulp. And God yeah. bless it, because I do too sometimes. How do you fight through that, man? How you, Sabrina, RB3, by the way, I love, I love RB3. Yeah, and I miss that guy. Please give him a hug Yeah, for me. Yeah, but, I, I feel but like a slow sensual. Just pull him in. I feel like that's <laughs> that is kind of like my goal, though, right? Is to yeah. is to give. I just talked about being a point guard, and mm. I've always told them that my my goal is to uplift them as much as I can because I do mm. feel like they're the future. They're the talent. I mean, they're Gen Z, man. For crying out loud. I mean, Gen Z. I'll, it's crazy. I, I kind of sometimes want to get in a boxing ring with some oh. of them, 
every yeah. every generation I thinks I want to hide. I don't I don't want to get in a boxing ring. I want to hide. Every generation thinks they're the ones that created sex and that just ain't it. You know what I mean? What I mean yeah. by that is like let's all try to f- use some perspective and growth. But but I believe in passing building up the next generation. Yes. And I'm never going to sit there. I'm joking. I won't get in, I would never get in a boxing ring with RB3. Yeah. Man, that guy just knocked me out. Um <laughs> all that to say I'm getting distracted by jokes, but um how I know you guys when I say you guys, that means the first cut team yes. sit down to do these in-depth discussions. And I know sometimes it's a struggle and I know you're not finding the ears and the, and, and the eyes that you deserve. How do you push through that? How do you with, how do you know I'm going to keep taking that shot? Be real about that. Uh, consistency, just faith. Okay. Uh, even if it's just kind of closing your eyes and doing it, uh, just to make sure you have just to make sure you have a product that you're proud of, specifically that it mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. your product, and I'm sure you feel the same way, Ken, yeah. because it is yours, you can't be told, hey, why did you do this, yeah. or why did you say this, and you can't blame anyone else but yourself. So I always want to say everything that I put forward is mine. I don't care if it gets mm-hmm. 10 views or 10,000 views. It is my words, my perspective, and and the kind of environment that I want to create is an environment of ethics, of positivity, mm-hmm. of of not drowning in sadness and sorrow, of just being negative. Yeah. And 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 creating an environment that is inviting to all and doesn't promote this kind of hatred first mentality. And if that is going to drive me all the way to the ground, yeah. so be it. <laughs> so be it, yeah. Jedi, but on the good side. Yeah. Uh, your words are true. Your words are powerful. Yeah. And for a lot of people listening who, who want to start shows or struggling with your own show, and I, I, I'll admit, sometimes the bitterness gets, gets me. Uh, gets me. Sometimes yeah. the bitterness gets me. I'm not saying I'm super skilled over anyone else, but I pour my heart into my, my, my show on Saturdays, uh, my, old po- my own podcast feed. I pour my heart into it. And, and uh, I have lost more viewers because I'm dealing with more serious issues than I used to as the Schmoes news guy. Yeah. And it's frustrating. And you wake up some days and you just want to go, fuck it. Yeah. I don't want to, I've got to go back to re- you know, public safety. Where at least I knew I was fighting a bad guy that day, and I could—that was my day. Versus, I, I'm pouring my heart into something. But at the end of the day, what brings me back is what you're talking about. Is it's mine, I, and I, I know what I'm putting into it. And ten or ten thousand, be damned. Put that on a T-shirt. Yeah, no, because it really is something that when you look back at it, you can say, "I created something, and I never sold myself for it." Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to do that because obviously you you hear the whole LA cliche yeah, yeah. of selling your soul. Yeah. Uh, but it is kind of real though. Uh, yeah. You, you can't sell your soul to the in the sense of like kind of go with the flow and go what they tell you to do. And they say, hey, why don't you do this? Yeah. Do that instead because it sells more. And and you can have the opportunity to say, I don't have someone telling that in my ear, so I don't have to do anything in order to sell anything. Yeah. Why not be free of that? You 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 work well in systems, having worked with you alongside you. But you're also, I would describe you as, correct me if I'm wrong, fiercely independent in a way. Yes, yes. And and I discovered that I didn't know that about myself. Mm. I, I struggled at the two YouTube companies I worked with, and I will take the blame for a lot of what went wrong there because I was like, I I don't have too much pride in what's going on, and it's not mine. And stop telling me. <laughs> What to yeah. put into yours. And I found that I was more independent. So I, I've always kind of understood you to a certain degree, as much as, uh, as, as an old man can. Um, 
do you do you feel on an island? I mean, you got you got Sabrina and RB three and so many other wonderful people around you. To be clear, but do you ever feel on an island like I'm too independent? Uh, I sometimes feel that. Sure, sure. I mean, Maybe I feel like me. you can always feel that for sure. Yeah. Considering, especially when it comes to the kind of content you want to create, especially when it comes to generational content, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, specifically with what millennials are doing. I'm a millennial versus what Gen Z is doing. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're tech- yeah. Because it's one of those things where there is a disconnect there that doesn't necessarily translate right. too, too well. Um, when it comes to those two things, and specifically when it comes to what kind of topic you're talking about and what does that mean uh i've tried my best to try to diverse myself in different Mm -hmm. topics and different backgrounds whether it be tv movies and yeah you know let's do independent movies because that'll be more niche and that'll be a cool crowd and then no one shows up for that yeah let's do big movies because more people will show up and then we're too positive on the big movie uh (laughs) you know it's it's never it's always kind of like trying to find a footing and a balance in that so in that sense i think i do feel on that island. i feel you yeah I i feel you yeah it's like yeah, it's it. And it we, you know, it, uh, YouTube. We can, we can get grumpy about YouTube and all that stuff. I don't, I don't want to do that here because we're focusing focusing on positivity. But it's sometimes uh, it's that struggle. And I, but I think going back to the sports thing, I love what you said about that, man. Mm. That's because I, me being a sports guy, mm. it is the old three times out of ten makes you a successful baseball player at mm. the plate. But those other seven times aren't any different than the three you get a hit. It's what you bring to that at bat and what you bring to every pitch. And I can sound like a cliche coach. Uh, but that's true. why I love sports, and I, I I don't think people need to love sports. And and I look, I see, I still have my sports uh, friends who who nerd shame, and I have nerds who sport shame, and that Ooh. that bothers me just as much. I have you, that. Say, <laughs> you say sports ball around me, you're gonna get me more angry than oh, than yes. someone shaming nerds. Someone tells me every time, I'm just like, all right, I'm just mentioning it because it's a cool metaphor. Yeah, don't need to get mad. Don't get mad. Um, let's also uh, actually let's reset here for a second here, uh, Ikeke, if you follow me on that one there. Uh, I, I want to talk about an upcoming comedy show. Uh, take a little uh, second to highlight our good friend Daniel Bridge Gad, who's going to be in town in Los Angeles, August thirty uh, first at the Ha Ha Cafe over there in uh, North Hollywood. And hey, special guest me, Ken Absock, and a lot more. Uh, you can get tickets if you're local. Uh, head on out, uh, Daniel Bridge Gad. Uh, speaking of sports in the different genres, former college quarterback now doing stand-up comedy you guys know him from the gpa so if you're local come on out and check us out there all right andres cabrera here i want to kind of uh um talk about uh things that we do love more things we love star wars uh not get into the nitty-gritty about it all here but you've been talking about star wars it's been sometimes a struggle to find that the the, the the eyes and ears. Yes. You and I and Emma had a brief moment of, of trying to develop a show very that brief. we, very brief, three episodes or so yes. of trying to develop a show <laughs> that was, uh, I, I really had a lot of faith in what we were doing. I thought it had potential. Yeah. I uh, thought it did. How are you doing right now navigating these Star Wars fandoms, MCU fandoms? You're trying, you're coming here with, you're realistic, but you're also a positive and, and positive energy seeking guy. It could be pretty dark out there. Ooh, yes, very dark. You, uh, I've had my bad moments, man. How are you doing? I mean, I could be honest about this one because it's—I've said it on my podcast. Yeah, like, many like times you haven't been honest thus far today. I, I mean, in the <laughs> sense of like, uh, I'll be very transparent in the sense that I'm just like I—I kind of like faded out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to making content, not necessarily yeah. watching and appreciating the content and loving it, and gotcha. eating it up, and and you know talking about it with my roommate and my friends and all that. But when it comes to 
me on a stream talking about Bad Batch episode eight. Yeah. Like after the third viewer, maybe. And it's just like I found out it's my mom and my brother and my dad. I'm just like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> At least for now, I, I promised RB3 and Sabrina that I'll come yeah. back for the finale, which is, I believe, tonight. tomorrow. Tonight. tonight. Well, tonight. I'm staying up late tonight yeah. and then I'll get up early tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. I yeah. promised some sort of video or review yeah. or season recap uh, for them. But I definitely kind of felt something when I was yeah. like, I got four viewers, and I'm pretty sure it's just my whole family <laughs> right now just watching me talk about Bad Batch Episode 9. Omega <laughs> w- went on this trip in this mission. And God I'm just bless like, you. No one cares. God bless you. People stop caring about the Bad Batch, man. What happened? It's so good. It's so good, man. The I, themes presented in the, that show is so are for, just so good. Right? I felt like after episode maybe, what, five or six? Yeah. Did people just stop watching? And I got told that people did. I had a few people tweet at me. When I tweeted it out, I said, hey... Did just people just stop watching the Bad Batch? Because I feel like I'm alone in this. And a lot of people replied. They're like, "Yeah, I did. Yeah, not for me." And I was just like, "Wow, it, it, you guys are missing out." Yeah, I could never convince someone to love something they don't. No. I, but but that was a, a product that even Star Wars fans. I got got a couple good Star Wars friends who don't live online with Star Wars. Who are like, ah, "I haven't watched it yet." And then yeah. one of them did. My friend Van William, great singer songwriter, and uh, he he wrote me. He's like, "Dude." This is great stuff. And I yeah. go, yeah. It's also, with 16 episodes, they were taking some time going around the galaxy, uh, uh, telling stories on their own pace. And yeah. we're so used to a, a, a streaming 10-episode, 8-episode kind of pace. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to say it hurt the show. I just think that was part of what was going on. I don't know. Maybe I'm off base. No, that's, that's part of what it is. Animation mm. is part of what it is. I still feel like that. It, There's a bias against animation. It is. There is a bias. And I know a lot of people are going to say Clone Wars, but Clone Wars didn't really get that footing, right? It, it took was a minute. canceled. Yeah. By Cartoon Network. Exactly. It was canceled. Yeah. It took a minute for people to actually be on Team Clone Wars, like a lot of minutes. I describe Clone Wars as having a bit of a cult following. Mm. It also is a slightly generational. Mm-hmm. It, it's an entry point. For, My generation. It, for your generation yeah. and, and, and younger, it's an entry point into Star Wars, which is why I get so grumpy. Uh, about the old dogs and the Star Wars fandoms, not talking about the uh, alt-right hate clickers, but, like, just even friends I know, I I don't watch the special editions. Lucas was still, like, the special editions introduced Star Wars to Maud Garrett, an entire generation of fans that were 12 and 13 when they came out. Yeah. Yeah, you. Did you not want this to grow? No. Do you want it just to be your your little, you're hoarding it like, like, a, like a, a troll under a bridge? Uh, my first introduction to Star Wars, I've told you a million times, is mm-hmm. the, uh, what was it, the 97 yeah, special uh, v- VHS re-release special yep. edition, yeah. Yeah. So, which was teasing towards the Phantom Menace, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was Lucas testing the waters, really, essentially, and, yeah. and, and correcting, he's always going to, now he kind of can't, but even McClunky was his last change that he made a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like always changing perspective on on who the audience is always helps a lot too. Yeah. And obviously when you kind of look into certain meanings and certain deeper meanings, especially last episode, which was the season finale part 1, uh, yeah. I don't know if you're caught up. I'm ca- I'm caught up. Yeah. But it it definitely by the end of the episode you're like, "Ooh, that's an interesting kind of twist." Yeah. When it comes to changing your perspective on what is brainwashing. Yes. Um and what is like it's so easy to just say click a button and you're brainwashed. When in reality, it could be more systematic, more 
involvement with culture, more involvement with mm-hmm. the people around you, mm-hmm. uh, what they represent to you. That, that was a view. cool little message. Uh, I was looking forward to the confrontation between those two main characters. I'll try to keep some spoiler Yeah, in, in I'm mind. trying to keep it. But that confrontation between the two main characters I've been looking forward to, and, yeah. and you know, I, I study the themes of it, right? Um, it was some of the more, more deeper stuff. And Bad Batch is some of the deepest Star Wars it you is. ever get. And when, when people don't like it, I... I I question how much they're engaging with it. Mm. I really do. Uh, to the, it is so deep on the themes, and 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 to have the hunter, this main character, have a point of view and have suddenly some of it reflected back on him, where yeah. some of the sins are on your side, and how do you analyze that? And down to these micro levels of light versus dark, yeah. and where and how those start. It, it, it's wonderful stuff. It really is. And, and to be honest, Ken, I have to give a shout out again, and I really did, mm. but I'll do it again. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, to the Schmodown. And having to watch the Star Wars movies. It's okay. I'm back uh, doing it. No. I was grumpy about it for a while, but I, you know, Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. I'm announcing matches again. Uh, I just, a lot of people have come back at me and been like, how many times have you seen these movies? Now, I've probably hundreds yeah. recently. Uh, and hundreds. I'm telling you, it's nonstop. I think I've memorized certain movies, like yeah. memorized, memorized. Like I can recite every line. Uh, which I was so proud of I can't do at it. certain moments. I know, and that's why I was so mad uh, on my last match because that's what got me, and I was just co- so cocky. I was just like, bro, ain't nobody going to beat me in quotes, and then I lost <laughs> on a quote question. Anyone um, can beat me in yeah, quotes. Exactly. Anyone can it, beat me in quotes. And it's uh, like The Last Jedi, for example, which mm. is one of my – I feel like I can recite that whole movie. I just think yeah. it's a, one of the most beautifully written Star Wars movies. It is, uh, yeah. We, we have it just uh, – as far as just – you know, I've talked to you about this dialogue-wise. Yeah. yeah. Just beautiful dialogue. Um and I just get a, a bigger appreciation when I do fall into the scenes that I remember watching in theater and being like, ah, I can kind of skip this. Yeah. And now kind of rewatching it a hundred times, I'm just yeah. like, yeah, don't. go Finn, go on the Fafier. <laughs> Let's run around on this. Fat. It represents so much more to me now. Don't, don't tell anybody, but yeah. my uh, favorite film to watch is Rise of Skywalker. It's my favorite viewing experience. I love it. It's, I love it's... it every time. Every time I watch it, I, I, fr- I freeze... <laughs> It, it, you know what I've done for the Schmodown, Ken? I freeze frame every single scene in, in that movie, but I freeze frame the Ray Vision scene, yeah. and I can recite every single <laughs> image she sees first. So if they said to me, if they were like, the question in Schmodown is like, what's the third thing Ray saw in her yeah. first image when she was on <laughs> Ajon Kloss? I could tell I'm you. I'm out. And and it's I'm that crazy at, uh, at these movies. <laughs> I I I, I, just, I, I said any four center listeners if they're if they're listening here I, that 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 movie is going to Star Wars Church for me. It is the yeah. most spiritual Star Wars films. I love it. And and I still cry at some of the stuff in I it. But it. but enough about the details. The final final we're wrapping up here and I, we're going to get to our final segment. But uh, Mandalorian. Uh, which, by the way, sometimes for me is a B-plus show for my soul. Uh, sure. um, I love it. I love it. But sometimes, and I engage with it, obviously, on a sure. deeper level. But sometimes some things work. But I've uh, texted you about it. Yeah. Yeah, there's some. I just feel like the comparisons to the movies. Uh, disingenuous. Being used Bad to faith. trash the movies. Like the Mandalorian versus the sequels. Trash. And I'm Bad just faith. like, what? Bad faith arguments. What? And, and, and they know it. They know yeah. it in their, in their dark soul. But I, I do want to ask you, because you and I share a, a, a love of uh, Pedro Pascal, but mm-hmm. I know uh, that's that's your guy, man. Yeah. What does it mean to have him at the front and center of a Star Wars show? A lot, man. I've talked about it before, but a lot. It definitely is. Uh, it's huge, man. I, I've talked... Uh, what what When I first time saw... The first time I saw Oberyn yeah. uh, in Game of Thrones was, was huge for me. I really did feel yeah. like, yo, this guy's got a Latin accent? Yeah. What is... Like, I felt so... I, it felt so... 
raw and real and different and cool. And the fact that they just kept hyping him up and they were like, this guy's a genius. He's smart. He, he freaking studied at the Citadel. He's a martial artist. And I was like, bro, this is like the most <laughs> hype Latin dude in all of TV I've ever seen. Most Latin dudes in TV are trying to like cut your face off or your throat yeah, off. Yeah. Uh, and this guy is just like a badass who's seeking revenge, like a true yeah. bandolero yeah. is what I call it. Like everyone loves that song from shout out to, to Fast and Furious TikTok. Right. Um, <laughs> but there's a song called Los Bandoleros, yeah. um, which is played on a Fast and Furious TikTok which is supposed to represent the Fast and Furious franchise, but the bandolero means, like, gunslinger. It means, like, Mexican cowboy, where it's, like, the Mexican guy who's seeking revenge, right? That's the old-school kind of, like, Mexican TV show, TV movie that was kind of representative of, of like, machismo, like, macho Mexican characters. And I felt like he represented a different side to that, where it's, like, this modern version of that, where he's smart and he's a martial artist. So he is this kind of old-school Latino, like, I can kill any man living, even if he's 10 feet tall, like the mountain. But but it's it just felt so significant to me because I was Mm. like, this is, like, a new modern perspective on that Latino representation. And see, now that on The Mandalorian, he's literally a a bandolero in The Mandalorian. He's literally a a Mexican cowboy in The Mandalorian because he's a bounty hunter and he's a Mexican. So I'm just like, oh, he's... (laughs) I mean, yeah. obviously he's Chileno, but I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. like, but, but in general, yeah, that is kind of that representative of the Latin Western badass who's there yeah. to like protect the young kid, and and he's living in this kind of Western culture, but he still has like a heart of gold. I I it, it means so much to me. I, I think yeah. it's one of the coolest things that Star Wars has ever done. Yep. is to focus on Latino characters and 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 seeing that specifically in my mom, who is from a much older, you know, generation of Latinos Mm. who have come to the U.S. during a time that's very different than where I am now and who has always had this kind of disconnect with American media and culture, media Mm -hmm. culture. Um, And she's always told me how she never really found any connection to Captain America or to these other characters who feel so just blue-eyed, white dude, blonde guy, and she just felt like, okay, whatever. Why am I supposed to like this guy? Mm -hmm. He doesn't represent me at all. And she's told me that specifically, even though Cap is supposed to represent, oh, he's good. Look, he's picking up the hammer. And it's like, yeah, whatever to her. But when she sees Poe, when she sees the Mandalorian, when she sees um, freaking all these characters that come into Star Wars. And, and when she sees Rey, too, because mm. uh, she does love Rey a lot. She fell yeah. in love with Rey in, in the, the Force Awakens. As one should, yeah. It it, it, it it does mean a lot that Star Wars... Uh, Diego Luna is another one. Oh, um, can't wait for Cassie. Yeah, Cassie. Oh, Cassie yeah. yeah, but yeah. It means a lot to her because it does yeah. feel like Star Wars is probably the only major media that's paying attention uh, to Latino representation. Because to be fair, man, Marvel... Everyone loves Marvel, but my God, where mm. is that Latin superhero? I haven't seen it. Right. What is it, Luis from Ant Man? Right. Like he's right. get ten minutes of screen time. Like you really think yeah. about it, Star Wars is kind of the only one that's saying, "Hey, DC's not doing it. Marvel's not doing it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. us be the ones to do it." Yeah, and always uh, never perfect. Always trying to learn the best way forward, but but give a credit when credit's due, right there. Yeah, I I I, I uh, it it uh, it's it's that the tone poem aspect of Mandalorian and going into the heart of that character has been the the most rewarding thing for me. And Grogu's all right, too. Yeah. Uh, this has been a fascinating conversation. We're not quite done yet. It's our final segment of the day. It is called Tell the Truth. Ooh. It's not a game, Ace. It's not a game. I just got a couple questions to close up and wrap up this here. All right? If, if, if you're, Are you afraid? 
I kind of am. Yeah. You will <laughs> How be. honest you are You will be. Yeah. All right, here we go now. This is uh, fun stuff here. All right, so you are one of the most disciplined people I know. You're very focused. You're aware uh, of those around you. You're aware of the space you take up and both good and bad ways. You always keep yourself in check. You walk a straight line. You're, you're disciplined, like I said, man. You're also, I, I think you're wonderfully intense and everything. But I, I want to know, what is one time that Ace Andres Cabrera cut loose? When is one story? I'm not saying face down in a gutter unless you've got one of those stories. When is one time, even recently, that you've just been like, woo, woo, define cut loose? Woo. <laughs> you tell me. All right, follow up. Follow up. You don't have a direct answer because I knew you might not. Is there a place where this happens more than others? So cut loose, you mean like have fun? Because I have fun. I, well, I want to know. I, I know you do. I know you do. I've been to parties with you. I've yes. hung out with you. Yes. But you're, I dance. I always say you're like I can me. Dance. You're, you're like me. Sometimes we are viewed as more intense than we are. Sure. Sometimes it's just quiet, calm, composure. I'm in the corner. I don't need to be the loudest yes. person in the room. I still get misjudged, I feel. You get misjudged a lot. I get extremely misjudged. A lot of people are yeah. like, we can't invite this guy because, you know, he's a buzzkill. Yeah. He's not going to freaking get yeah. blackout drunk. And yeah. I'm just like, just because I won't doesn't mean, <laughs> doesn't mean I can't hang so, out. <laughs> so where's one? Where Maybe maybe it's not a, for me, like, I am, I am a Vegas mark. I love mm. Las Vegas. I'm not clubbing out, partying. I just love people watching. I love kind of a little bit of that feeling of no boundaries and something different. And I love Ocean's Eleven. I love uh, uh, those kind of movies where it's like uh, it's just something I'm not responsibly, yeah. not horribly, but I just love. I get a, I get an energy when I go there. Uh, do you have any place like that, or maybe it is a certain kind of party? Maybe it is just hanging out with RB3. I don't know, but I want to know if there's. A spot. You know what? Uh, I if I'm being honest, Ken. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because it does remind me that I do need to loosen up a lot more. These past two years have not been very loose for me. Look, um, <laughs> it's okay for a lot of us. Last two years, not not the best to loosen up. I mean, I I don't want to say a Suns game, <laughs> but I did go nuts at a Suns game. But that's uh, it. I was and the jumping Suns had a around great year, and tragic and ending maybe for you, but it, Suns it had a was, great year. But at the game I went to, it was a one point game. Uh, we won by one point. Uh, we we won against Damian Lillard against the Portland Trail Blazers, right. uh, and he almost beat us single handedly. Uh, and I just I lose my mind, and I and I, I really do scare my parents because I, I go with my parents, and my parents aren't used to seeing me yeah. go nuts. Uh, but I will say, Kent, to truly answer your question, I used to be the biggest concert goer okay. back in my college days. Uh, college days mainly. Yeah. Um, okay. For sure. Maybe not in L.A. as much because when I moved out to L.A., I didn't really go to too many concerts. It's also I went to one. Yeah. Uh, I'll say I'll say the what? I don't know if I can say, say this. It, say it. I don't know. Say it. I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> Uh, well, what? Was it a band? Yeah, I'll, I'll get canceled. <laughs> okay. uh, but I will say concerts to me is just like I go nuts. To yep. me, I will always say when you go to a concert, you're paying money to express every ounce of your being that lives in the music. And you're a music guy, right? Yeah. So to me, music is representative of expressing yourself in a loose, free environment. I, yep. I really get upset when I go to concerts and I turn to my left and my side and I'm going nuts, right? I'm literally going nuts. And I mean, nuts, nuts mm -hmm. where I'm just like dancing, yeah, just yeah. spinning around and just going nuts. Yeah. And I look to the guy on my left and he's sipping a beer and like kind of giving me a side yeah. eye. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Yeah. If you paid a hundred dollars, why won't you lose yourself in I, the music? This is, I, I, do, I do the, uh, the Oasis. I'm a big Oasis fan. I do the yeah. British bounce yeah. and I sing my heart out. 
Yeah. I don't hear Liam sing. I'm the one just singing up. Yeah, so I might not dance like you, but I would enjoy it. That's yeah. fa- that you, you gave me two answers. Basketball, the Suns, uh, freedom there, and then yeah. and then music. And, the last and, concert I went to yeah. was a hip-hop festival. Okay. Uh, I went with my roommate who, besides RB3, is the only guy I know who loves hip-hop or modern hip-hop. Right, right. Uh, it, the headliner was Chance the Rapper. Uh, the one before that was Big Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard these names. You might think I don't, but yeah, I, no, but I, Chance, I Chance. This was back when Chance was huge. This was like 2017, I believe, yeah. or 2016, 2016, 2017. That's when Chance was like blowing up. Like yeah. he was the biggest rapper there was during that time period, uh, and Big Sean was also there. Uh, and then he he brought out my 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 most inspirational artist of all time. I, I grew up in hip hop, hip hop okay. culture. Obviously, you know, Dirty South hip hop. Uh, with my brother, but also my other brother introduced me to like East Coast Chicago hip hop, which was Common and Kanye. Kanye was my biggest inspiration for I years. Do, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know this. Yeah, right? Okay, some, but yeah. Okay. I, I was gonna say I'll get canceled. It's a different time now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when Kanye came out, I, I I lost it, Ken. I did. I felt like I was in heaven. I yeah. was. I, I, I literally le- I levitated to heaven like he did in his, his album. Did you see that? His yeah, album yeah. Look, it, I, that's what happened to me when I saw Kanye because I was like, this is the guy who inspired me to rap. Yeah. Like I used to rap as a kid, and I I love look, Kanye. Here, I'll, uh, just so you don't feel alone. Yeah. One of the reasons I'm in comedy. One of the reasons I'm in entertainment is uh, Bill Cosby. Mm. That didn't work out well. Yeah, and I, I, can I'm I gonna, defend Kanye and say he's not? Cosby? He's not. Yeah, yeah, no. I, it's you're 100 allowed right. to like Kanye, but not Cosby. it's it's hard for me to have a conversation sure. about my comedy influences yes. and not go 1982's Bill Cosby himself knocked me off a couch laughing, and I said I got to do that. Yeah, but you have to be able to not just disconnect work from artists, but also grow and yes. go. Well, we ain't going back there. We're taking the influence and we're moving forward. But also uh, appreciate yeah. what he what, what he is yeah. as an artist. Because I, I do feel like Kanye is still. I, a I don't want to sound like I'm making a one to one comparison, yeah. but I, I know what, I, I know a little bit what you mean. Yes. We're just like, can I can I give this answer? Yes, <laughs> and that's what it is. Yes. All right, final thing, final thing, because uh, Ikaika, we, Sorry, we, he wants no, 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 no. He, uh, I I always run long, and Ikaika's over there going, man, I've got a salad to go home and eat. Yeah, what are you eating tonight, Ikaika? What's your healthy dinner? Halibut and asparagus. Actually, no, it's mahi mahi and asparagus. Wow, this, he's going to win this weight loss challenge we got going on here. I, I'm blown away, man. That's not yeah. what I'm eating. I'm, I'm, I got a burrito waiting. Going for me back at home. to pizza. I got a I had a pizza lunch and I got a burrito waiting at home. It's a it's a plant based burrito, but it's still a burrito. Uh, all right, here we go. Final question. You are a pop culture pundit. This we know. Part of the uh, first cut uh, team over there: Sabrina Ramirez, Robert Butler, the third. But let me ask you this. If you could magically zoom into any character at a specific moment in a movie or TV show, where are you going and are you going to try and change that result or are you just going to celebrate and live with that character in that moment? So if I'm going to be transported to that world, like, is that like, what you're asking? Yeah, to that world. Like I can go, boom, I, I got some magic powers. I'm a genie in a bottle and you've rubbed me the right way. Boom. And I take you to a moment. You know? is for, for me, it might be... Han Solo somewhere, saving, choosing to turn back and, and commit to something bigger than himself and saving Luke and the Death Star. I don't know. You you know, or maybe 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 I go back to Han in front of Infant's Nest and I say, no, you know what, Han? You're going to change now. Oh, so you're going to change a moment. But so it can be both. You could live in it and celebrate it, or maybe you could change the fate of the character, of one of your favorite characters. Ooh. Ooh. Um, get, send me to... Send me to Naboo. 
Naboo. <laughs> Naboo. Send me to Naboo during one of the celebrations. Okay. Either Return of the Jedi. <laughs> when we cut to Naboo, the last line of yeah. Return of the Jedi is officially Wisa free. Yeah. Uh, for anyone That's who true. knows, in case they ask it in the Schmodown, it is not Leia's line. It is Wisa free. That's right. You see it in the in the subtitles in yeah. Disney Plus. Um, either that, or send me to the Globe of Peace. Uh, Naboo Boss party. Nass. Yeah, with Boss Nass. Uh, do you know the name of the creature that Boss Nass was writing? Uh, uh, is it a, not an EOP, right? No, because mm. that's what um, I do know off the top of my head. It is, it is Boss Nass writing this big. It's like a clat to. Cla- what is it? Say it. It's a Falloon Passet. Uh, it's I called a Falloon Passet. I, I would have packed up my stuff and uh, left the match. Yes. Uh, I looked that up and I have never been asked, uh, like most questions I've looked up. Oh, I still uh, have questions on a cheat sheet that I've never been asked when I was competing. And they ask and, me. And I hear all the time, we ran out of Star Wars questions. I, I got 50 right here. You haven't asked. Some of mine are some of mine are in there, though. Be careful if you're competing. Dude. I, I wrote some of them. That I, I know it's the last championship match. Some of mine were in there. And I was like, I got them. Yeah. Got Don't em. ever ask me. I, I, I'm sorry, Ken. I don't, know, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is directed towards you. I don't know if you have, but okay. I, I, I have. A, I'm a stickler for. I wish I could go on a rant. I wish I could talk to PJ okay. and the question writers because okay. I really do feel like there should be a conversation. And Joseph even said it during his mm-hmm. match in the live match, and I kind of agreed with him. Where I do feel like there has to be a line where if I could say a falumpa set is what Bosnas is writing during the Naboo, mm-hmm. you know, celebration, and you ask me. Who is the martial artist who dubbed? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. why are you asking me about Yaya Rahun? Yeah, uh, or whatever his name. I believe it's Yaya Rahun. Sure. Rahun? Yeah, you got the point. Um, and and instead of asking me, what's the creature that did this? What's yeah. the MTT stand for? What is the yeah. STAP stand for? What is the bro? There, yeah, you, you can ask be... me a million in Star Wars world questions yeah. without asking me who's the choreographer for the Last Jedi, and I'm like. Really? Oh well, he did the Game of Thrones. Did you know he did the Game of Thrones? I do. Yes, I don't and, but I don't know his yeah. name. I don't either. <laughs> and it's like, can you ask yeah. me about like what creature they're writing or yeah. what? I don't know. I agree with you. We'll have an off-air conversation. But and, and the team's, I think, getting better at that. But yeah, I I I hated the questions of that I considered watching the movie, pressing pause, and then writing out a detail that I could only get if I happened to press pause that, yeah, on that screen. That's true. That's the thing. But all right, you answered. You want to celebrate. You want yeah, to go? Yeah, send me to Naboo. Naboo's Naboo. awesome. I want to go to Naboo, Naboo is too. one of my top, what is it, top three planets for yeah, me? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, Coruscant, Naboo is up there. What so. specific character? You want to be Boss Nass? Uh, Peace! I'll, I mean, I'll be with the Jedis. I'll okay. hang out with the Jedis okay. next to, or, or next to the Handmaidens. Put me next to the Handmaidens. You, you know me. There you go. Um, uh, there you go. I, I was going to name all the Handmaidens, but I'll, I won't do that. Uh, <laughs> Sabe, yeah. Rabe. Yeah. Rabe's got a great YouTube channel. You should check it out. All right. Hey. We learned a lot. You did it. You told the truth. You told the truth. I told the this truth. has been a fascinating conversation. I appreciate you coming here, uh, not just catching up with me, uh, but uh, we didn't even tell the story of we met. We'll do that another time. When you came up to me at a WonderCon, I did. And said hi. I'd like yeah. to work with the schmoes, and I was like, yeah. turn around now. But no, it eventually worked <laughs> out. Uh, great stuff. You're you're one of my favorites. I'm always in your corner. Appreciate your honesty. Uh, and uh, ten or ten thousand doesn't matter. Doesn't you matter. are the best. Thank you all for listening to the show today. We are about to sign on out. Special thanks to Ikaika Shifley who makes this beautiful set look all purple and pink, and the 
pink and black attack that I do love. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast feed. This show will be up there if you uh, love an audio version and want to take it with you and share. And uh, hey, uh, don't forget, we got uh, big Josh Brady coming your way with Mark Ellis and Christian Harloff. Speaking of those schmoes, going one-on-one in a fun battle on the fastest game show on the internet. We'll be back in two weeks. Schedule guest, it's subject to change because of uh, workload, but the great Phil Moore, who is going to come on the show. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk about a barrier he broke in the 90s as the first black man to host the show on Nickelodeon. It's a great dude. He's got a wonderful story, so stick around for that in two weeks. We'll see you next time on Ken Goes Live. (laughs) 